the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dear heart, if all we have to think of is what we have today, if all that we have to live for is what we're able to live for today, then life, in a way, has lost its definition for personal meaning. See, Jesus came to show us that there is life abundant that we can receive. That's Pastor Michael Oxentenko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, you can call at any time, 24-7, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Someone is standing by right now to take your phone call. Today we begin a series entitled The Cosmic Controversy Series. You can find it under the archives at reachingyourheart.com. The first installment in this message will be brought to you in two parts due to the length and the time constraints we have here. And it is entitled When War Began. Again, that's When War Began. You can also find it online underneath the Cosmic Controversy Series at reachingyourheart.com. Here's Pastor Michael Oxentenko. The book of Revelation in chapter 7 says there are four angels holding back the four winds of strife so that the people of God and those who do not know God can find God before the final storm lands upon this planet and Christ appears in the clouds of glory coming through a wormhole maybe, but coming through a hole in time and space to change the future and to save those who need a Savior. When the mighty wind came and blew down the house of Job, Back in the Old Testament, Job is one of the oldest books ever written in the Bible. In fact, many scholars believe it is the oldest book. And yet we find a developed theology of evil, a cosmic controversy is portrayed in that book. And where is Job in the mix of this thing? A wind comes like a tornado and blows the house down and levels his family. And Job does not know that it is part of a cosmic controversy between good and evil. And he's caught up in debate and he doesn't know it. You see, we should be very careful not to try and answer the question, why did this happen? Because the most righteous man of his time didn't know why it was happening. But somehow God was demonstrating something through his righteous suffering, and he was unaware of it. So don't try to figure out who brought the tornadoes this spring. We're in a war, and the winds of war are everywhere, and all that matters is helping people survive the storm at the end and the storms of life. The Bible teaches that the war we see here The war that we are all caught up in began a long time ago in a place far removed from here. The war that came to Joplin, Missouri did not start in Joplin, Missouri. The winds that blew in Appleton, Tennessee did not begin there. And the floods that swept away lives in the south is part of a stream of events that did not start there. It started a long time ago in a place far removed from here, a place called heaven in the Bible. We are caught up in our lives in a conflict, a cosmic controversy that is both personal, but it is also cosmic. And it's the cosmic dimension that we have a hard time making sense of. When we see the stuff happening that we've seen, we say, well, why would God allow that? But we don't know where God is at and what God is thinking in a sense. All we see is our personal struggle in light of what is happening, and even that sometimes does not make sense. 
we have to really wait to the last book of the Bible after almost 1,400 years of Holy Scripture to get a clear insight as to what really happened and how it all got started. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Revelation chapter 12, verse 7. The Bible says, Now war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought, but they were defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great red dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. Now that is the clear picture as to how it all started. There's a whole lot contained in these few verses. We need to slow down, take it carefully, and decipher it. The Bible is very clear that war arose in heaven. It did not start here. The text says it started there, which means what we have here is really related to something that happened in a place that we can't even relate to. Dr. Michio Kaku is a world-renowned physicist who has theorized what kind of civilizations could potentially make up the universe. I want to quickly walk you through them. He has defined four potential civilization types. One, he does not even consider a civilization type, so he calls it civilization zero. We're not looking at that one. A class one civilization is advanced enough to control the weather and the resources of its planet. It could stop tornadoes. According to Dr. Kaku, and it's obvious, we are not even a class one civilization. So he says we are a class zero civilization. A class two civilization is a civilization that has advanced to the point where it can utilize the resources of its solar system and sun. It is an interplanetary civilization. A class three civilization is one that is interstellar and perhaps capable of time travel and movement to the edge of the galaxy. A class three civilization is like Star Trek. A class four civilization is one that is intergalactic, harnesses the power of the universe to become intergalactic, to move about perhaps accessing a dimension or so. He says George Lucas's Star Wars is kind of like a class four civilization. Now the Bible teaches that sin did not arise in a class one, two, three, or four civilization. Sin arose when you analyze the Bible, when you look at what is being portrayed in the prophecies and the scriptures. Sin arose in the context of a class five civilization where the entire universe was united in an organized and universal family of worlds with an entire government that was universal, not galactic, not based on the solar system, where the entire universe was networked to a central authority and had a personal relationship with the creator who made everything. The ultimate civilization. Sin arose in a class 5 civilization. The Bible says in Genesis 1:1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And that's the Hebrew and biblical way of saying God created the universe. There's not one thing out there. There's not a distant galaxy that Hubble observes that God did not create it. The Bible says there is a creator who has interacted with all that we see. The earth is here and heaven is there. Revelation 12, 7 plainly says that war arose in heaven. War. Now, the Greek word for war would indicate a war of ideas, a war of realities, a war of governments, a war of concepts. We know in the context a war over divine law. What is it? 
According to the book of Hebrews, heaven is a prior creation to the creation of this earth. So we know that this earth was not created early in the scheme of things. It comes quite late. The Bible says there was a prior created order. Hebrews 9 verse 11. But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is not of this creation, Christ entered once and for all into the holy place, taking not the blood of goats and calves, but his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. It's very clear here that when Christ ascended to heaven, he ascended to a place that preceded the creation of this earth. The holy place that is not of this creation is identified as heaven in verse 24 of Hebrews 9. For Christ has entered not into a sanctuary made with hands. Not that kind. It says a copy of the true one, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. There is a cosmic reality out there. Christ has ascended into the heavens that are not a part of this present creation that we observe here on planet earth. The Bible says the war began in heaven, and heaven is that part of the universe that is not of the creation that we have on earth. Heaven is a prior ancient civilization that is so ancient and so prior that the war and what we're caught up in somehow started there and came to here. Now think about this. According to the Scriptures, because of the ascension, Jesus is now in the place where sin started. You know, some people say, well, why did Christ have to go back to heaven? Why didn't he stay here for 2,000 years? You know, it's very clear in the Gospels. He says, a nobleman went into a far-off country to receive his kingdom and then return. That cosmic class 5 civilization was in turmoil because of what happened there, because of sin arising. And God had to send his son here to win the great controversy, but he went back to secure a kingdom for the future. Heaven is also identified in the Bible as paradise. Now, let me ask you this question. How many of you would like to get to paradise? How many of you like to have a little paradise here on earth? Now, what happens if you've only got 30 years of paradise here, and then it's paradise lost because you die? As soon as you die, does it matter whatsoever that you lived it all? It doesn't, does it? You see, if there is no future, if there is no tomorrow... If there's no journey with God beyond your days, then even your days are really defined by the outcome of a horrible tomorrow. Dear heart, if all we have to think of is what we have today, if all that we have to live for is what we're able to live for today, then life, in a way, has lost its definition for personal meaning. See, Jesus came to show us that there is life abundant that we can receive. And that life is the life of God that is in Christ that has come to us through the good news of Jesus. Now, in 2 Corinthians 12, 3, Paul was very clear that he was caught up into paradise. Now, he describes it in a way. It has all the qualities of a firsthand account. Look what he says. 2 Corinthians 12, 2, and 3. I know a man in Christ. Now, he's speaking of himself. Who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know God knows. And I know that this man was caught up into paradise, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. So he couldn't even define how it happened, but he said it happened. I was caught up into the heavens and I saw things unbelievable. I heard things I can't even repeat. So paradise and heaven refer to the same place. Jesus told the thief on the cross that he would be with him in paradise. That means eventually in the future he would be with him in that class five civilization that's way out there that you can't even define. Revelation 2.7 indicates that the tree of life is in the paradise of God. The paradise of God is Eden because the tree of life was in the Garden of Eden in the book of Genesis. Eden was created before the creation of the world. 
That's why the Bible says in Genesis 2.8 that God planted a garden in Eden, in the Hebrew, literally from the east. The east is the beginning of time, and the garden was planted at the dawn of time from the beginning of all things in the east. As soon as there was time, there was Eden. In fact, the Babylonian word that precedes the word Eden is Adanu. And that word, if you look it up in that big 20-something volume of Syrian dictionary, it means a fixed set appointed time that's based on astronomical observations and the like. The Garden of Eden was the garden of the appointed time. It is from the east. It is in Eden. It is at the dawn of time. As soon as there was time, God had a garden. He had a place, and it is called in Scripture the garden of God, not the garden of this earth or the garden of man. In Genesis 2-7, the Bible's clear. God took man. He formed him from the dust of the earth. He breathed into him the breath of life. And then verse 8, it says, he then picked him up and he put him in that garden. He wasn't made in the garden. He was made on the outside of the garden. He was placed inside that ancient garden. In Ezekiel 28, 14, the Bible teaches that Lucifer was in Eden before he fell from heaven. So Eden was there before he was there. Eden was there before we were there, before the world was created. Paradise was in heaven before God planted it here at the creation of the earth. Now what's going on here? It's like Eden was like a stargate to a reality and a place where angels live where God can walk and talk with men and women on our world. It was a place where two worlds met. The world that was before the creation of the earth was planted here in a garden. And so when they went in that garden, they found God in that garden. And so they were linked to that old and ancient reality. Ezekiel twenty-eight thirteen, speaking of Lucifer, it says, You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, carnelian, topaz, jasper, chrysolite, beryl, an onyx, sapphire, and carbuncle, and emerald, and wrought in gold were your settings and your engravings. On the day that you were created, they were prepared. I mean, it's very clear he was in Eden. And he was prepared and placed in a heavenly paradise, the heavenly Eden, with these tremendous treasures on his person. Now, we know what those treasures are. Those stones that were placed on Lucifer are, in fact, the stones on the breastplate of the high priest. He was created to be a religious leader. Pastor Michael Oxentenka will continue in just a moment. Reaching Your Heart is a listener-supported program. We step out in faith to purchase airtime on this station because we believe God is working through this radio ministry to touch tens of thousands of lives. Each of our messages is prayed over biblical messages of hope and Bible truth. To continue, we need your support. We do not have a large ministry fundraising machine. We operate totally by faith. Call our toll-free number to make your contribution of any size today. That number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Or you can stop by our website, reachingyourheart.com. That's reachingyourheart.com. Let's get back to the broadcast now. Here is Pastor Michael Oxentenka with more of today's Reaching Your Heart. Now, we know what those treasures are. Those stones that were placed on Lucifer are, in fact, the stones on the breastplate of the high priest. He was created to be a religious leader. He was created to reveal God like a high priestly figure to the universe. And he was placed in Eden in his creation. The next verse says he was in the holy mountain of God, identified with Eden. 
Eden and the mountain of God are treated by Isaiah as the same thing. So when we speak of Eden, we must not speak of it here first. It was there before it was here. In the Bible, Mount Zion represents the heavenly paradise, which is the place where angels meet for worship and praise. Hebrews 12, 22 is a very illuminating verse. It comes after the ascension of Christ, describing what transpires in heaven. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to innumerable angels in festal gathering. Now some people say, what in the world do angels do? Do you realize that angels party? Am I, what does the word festal mean? It means festivity. They come to church, they're grateful, they sing praises. But life for them in paradise, because it's there, is praise, worship, festivity, life, interaction. It is real living. And so they come from wherever they're at, they come together to meet and experience that. I tell you, that could suck you in. That's why I want to come to church. I don't want to come to church just to hear a sermon. I want to come to church to interact, to have joy in my life, and to experience in the lives of others, to share and to feel the sharing. In Revelation 12, the place of festal gathering became the place where the war began. Paradise became a problem. In Revelation 12, 7, it says war arose in heaven. Paradise became a battlefield with lives on the line in an eternal kind of way. So right there at the center of the universe where the great creator who made it all resided, where the most mighty beings that are possible could come, sin started in the presence of God. When Adam and Eve encountered Satan, he had been reduced to a serpent in form. We know the story. They find a serpent there at the tree. And Revelation 12 is very clear, that ancient serpent, the devil. And we see him in Genesis deceiving Adam and Eve. Revelation 12 says he was cast to the earth. It may come as a shock to know that certain kinds of angels called seraphims resemble serpents. You didn't expect that, did you? The word seraphim in Hebrew is a plural form of the Hebrew seraph, which means burning one. The word seraphim occurs four times in the book of Isaiah. Now, it's used for serpents that sting in the Exodus story. Remember when they were stung by the serpents in the wilderness and they put a serpent on a pole? Whoever looked at the pole would live. Those serpents were called seraphims. In Isaiah 6, 2 to 6, the seraphim, this same Hebrew word, is used for angels who sing, Holy, 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 he is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. In the Hebrew of Isaiah 14, 29, and Isaiah 30, verse 6, you can write those verses down, the serpent is called a flying seraphim, the exact same word that you have in Isaiah 6 for the seraphim who are the angels that serve in the presence of God. The serpent, seraphim, and Isaiah have wings and they fly. Now, I didn't think a serpent could fly until recently. I found a YouTube video of a serpent that is able to glide and fly from one tree to the other. Have you ever seen that? I mean, it blew my mind away to see that. A serpent seraphim in Isaiah can also be a dragon in the context. So a serpent seraphim can become a dragon in the right kind of setting. So there are angels who look like serpents. That's what Isaiah is saying. And people who have studied the ancient text of Isaiah realize this is happening there. An angel who looks like a serpent can become in time a dragon too. Now what makes a serpent look like a serpent to us? Isn't it really the fact that on earth when it bites you, you know, you know what it means? I think what's happening is ideas are converging. Something that can fly, and a serpent is a symbol of wisdom and of acuity and other things. 
You put it all together in the garden, and the serpent of Eden was a fallen angel. That's what's happening here. One of the seraphim, one of the burning ones who stood in the presence of God. Ezekiel tells us that Lucifer, that fallen angel who used to walk in the midst of the stones of fire, that he became the ancient serpent. And here we find him in Revelation 12, thrown to the earth. The Bible teaches in 1 John 1, 5 that God is light. In Daniel 2.22, the prophet says light dwells with him. And in 1 Timothy 6.16, Paul tells us that God dwells in light that no man has ever seen or can see. And we know from Einstein's theory of relativity that light is ancient. It does not age. That light shares no time dimensionality. You cannot take light. It is as old today as it was when it started its journey. God dwells in light. That is why the Bible calls him the ancient of days. In James 1.16, James, the brother of Jesus, calls God the Father, the Father of lights. In Hebrews 12.29, the Bible says that our God is a consuming fire. In Daniel 7.9, a river of fire comes from God's throne to destroy the fourth beast at the end of time. In Ezekiel 10.2, the prophet saw burning coals of fire at the throne of God in the presence of the cherubim. That's the coals of fire the seraphim walk in, and Lucifer walked in the midst of them. In Revelation 9.14, God releases four angels at the end of time to unseal the book of Daniel, prepare the world for the end. And these four angels carry fire and sulfur, again, stones of fire, as they ride for judgment on horses with tails like serpents with heads on them. You cannot separate this imagery from angels. There are angels who look like serpents. Now, Lucifer was a seraphim, so he was at home in the fire of God's glory. Ezekiel 28, 18 tells us that he once walked in the midst of the stones of fire. He was created in the fire and for the fire of God's presence to shine as a bright and brilliant child of God for the benefit of the universe. He was the son of the light, the son of the dawn that is the light that made everything that is made. He was created by the primordial light and he covered the glory of God and he burned bright with a light that did not start with him. He had derived light in his life. Isaiah 14, 12 describes it. How are you fallen from heaven, O day star, son of dawn? How are you cut down to the ground, you who laid the nations low? The word day star in Isaiah 14, 12 is Lucifer in the Latin, and it means light bearer. Lucifer was the son of the dawn. He was not the dawn. He didn't come before the dawn. He was the son of the dawn. And Paul tells us that Lucifer at the end of time masquerades as an angel of light because he really belongs to the night. He's not really a true angel anymore in God's sense of the word. He's an evil fallen one. He was the first one who was created after the dawn, but he was not the one who is before the dawn. Now what star comes before the dawn? He's called the day star. That comes after the dawn. What star comes before the dawn? the bright and morning star. You see, there was another light brighter than him. There was a torch in the night that came before him. And it takes us all the way to the last chapter of the Bible to find out who this is. God holds back that truth until the scriptures are finished. And then in Revelation twenty-two sixteen, he unveils the truth. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to you with this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright morning star. Lucifer was the son of the dawn, but he was not the light that comes before the dawn. His light was borrowed light. Christ's light is original and underived light. Christ is the light of God that has no beginning before the dawn of time. 
That's why the book of Hebrews says in Hebrews 1 that he created the time ages. The fabric of the fourth dimension of time and space, according to the Bible, was created by the bright and morning star who is Jesus Christ. Lucifer was the light bearer who is the son of the dawn. He was not God. He's been trying to be what he is not for centuries. Christ was the son of God that has no dawn because he comes before the dawn of time. The bright and morning star, dear heart, is the one who made everything. Lucifer fell from heaven. Now he only burns with venom because he's a bitter being who is hell-bent on burning you. He wants to share his nature, and he has with our human family, but he wants to drag you down, prevent you from ever knowing who is the hope and source of your future. Revelation 12, 9 says, Lucifer was thrown to the earth and his angels with him. Revelation 12, 7, the protagonist and the antagonist in the war are identified in the book of Revelation, very clearly identified. The Bible says Michael and his angels fought with the dragon and his angels. It doesn't take a genius to figure out in verse 7 that Michael is the opposite of the dragon, that Michael is the one that engages him in war and defeats him in heaven. Important question. We must answer it, really. Here's the important question. Who is Michael? I mean, it's clear he's the one who has engaged the devil. Who is Michael? Whoever he is, he's the one who has the power to defeat the devil here, very clearly. He's the one who is wiser and more powerful than Satan in Revelation 12. He's the one who stood for God in heaven. It would not be fair to end the sermon today without identifying who Michael is. The heavenly commander Michael only occurs in the Bible in three books. In the book of Daniel... The book of Jude, which comes just before the book of Revelation, and the book of Revelation itself. That's it. That's all we have from the Bible. Well, we need to leave it there for the first portion of the Cosmic Controversy series, the beginning message entitled, When War Began. We'll pick up here tomorrow when we continue here on Reaching Your Heart. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe in prayer. We believe in the God who answers our prayers and meets our needs. Each week, we are standing by to receive your prayer requests and seek God with you. His word declares, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Call our prayer line today with your requests and our team will join you in seeking that the God of heaven will meet each one of your needs. Our telephone number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. If you would like to listen to this message again, it is available for you at reachingyourheart.com. Once again, reachingyourheart.com. There are many messages available along with this broadcast as well. Thanks for listening today. And as always, we want you to know that we do pray that God is reaching your heart. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.